hotties. Welcome to the sexiest podcast on the internet. My name is Sam Reardon, and I'm sitting here today with my beautiful co-host, Mickey Dubry. Hi, cuties and Sam. I'm Mickey, your other co-host here on Cal Polyamorous. And if I were you, I would be at the edge of my freaking seat because you are listening to your favorite spicy podcast. That's right, people. After a brief hiatus, we're back and better than ever. We'd like to welcome our Cal Polyam fam back. How we've missed you guys! So much. And if you're new here, you've come to the right place. Together, we will explore the bold hilarity, ego-bruising humiliation, and the harrowing horror stories of our students navigating through hookup culture and dating life at Cal Poly. Mustangs, this is a podcast about you, for you, and a little bit about us, too. We like to think we're boldly authentic, but some of the things that we talk about are still considered controversial, scandalous, or taboo. They're also real. We hook up at Cal Poly, we date at Cal Poly, we take part in the scandalous and taboo, so why pretend we don't? Mickey and I love our girl talk. It makes us feel less crazy, less alone, and it helps us cope. So we're extending a special invitation to sit down at our virtual table and join us. We're not experts on this stuff by any means. We're just living it with you, and we want to give strength to vulnerability, ours and yours. We want to give our fellow Mustangs a chance to have their voices heard. It's no secret that Cal Poly lacks diversity. That being said, we want to honor and respect the diverse voices and perspectives we do in fact have at Cal Poly. Mickey and I are two straight cis girls, so many of our own stories will be about heterosexual experiences and relationships, but we do want to acknowledge the heteronormative, predominantly white culture here at Cal Poly. Again, we only speak for ourselves or can only share our own stories and experiences, but we do want you to know we recognize, honor, and acknowledge your voices and perspectives. We will always aim to make the utmost room for members of the BIPOC and LGBTQ plus communities. We hope to create a space where all voices are heard, especially the voices that Cal Poly historically ignores. This is a very open platform, and we're going to end up discussing difficult topics. We'll ensure to give you a trigger warning prior. This sound indicates a trigger warning. We will let you know how far to skip ahead to reach the next section. Without further ado... Welcome to Cal Poly You are listening to Cal Poly Amherst. You may have been wondering why we've been gone for so long. Well, in the past couple of months, we've been out in the real world, living through stories and experiences, and we are so excited to share them with you. Mickey has been on a particularly exciting adventure in Tel Aviv, Israel, girl bossing at I-24 News. So there's no better topic for today than international international love. Kiss me through the phone. Kiss me through the phone. See you when I get home. Throughout this episode, we're going to talk about the differences and similarities of our local hookup culture and hookup culture abroad. We'll talk about the ins and outs of Mickey's recent adventure and get to talk to a special guest from Buenos Aires, Argentina. International dating and sex life is fun through a local's eyes, and what better way to meet people in this day and age than online dating? We're bringing back our most favorite mini-segment, Tinder Pickup Lines! lines. But today, we're sharing our favorite lines from different countries, because you know what they say, if it ain't foreign, it's boring. I'm really excited to hear these these Tinder pickup lines. They are a few, but they are very funny. Very funny. In my opinion. Very funny. A few sent in from my dear friends studying abroad in London. Have you ever been to Wales? No. Do you want some menu? Uh, I hate that. (laughs) I don't know 
would do? I would literally just unmatch the person if they sent me that. I actually one time got a Tinder pickup line and it was like, somebody asked me and they were like, are you Irish? And I was like, yeah. Yeah, how did you you know? know? (laughs) And then his whole thing was like, do you want some Irish in you? And I was like, damn it. Uh, it (laughs) I was like, I thought we were bonding. I know. The next one they sent is another classic. Have you met Big Ben? Points to their dick. I love how men like like even in their pickup lines have to be like just so you know I have a big I have dick. a pee pee like <laughs> British boys if you're listening can you send us some pickup lines that you use that are not this cringeworthy yeah, please <laughs> let please. us know if you have good pickup lines <laughs> <laughs> oh all right so we reached out to some of you who are abroad right now and as always you came through um so here was my favorite one and mine. So this pickup line was submitted over Instagram by a student that studied abroad, but this one has a little twist. A little twist. So here's the pickup line. Oh, you're from Munchen? Why don't you start munching on this dick? But here's the twist is when I got this, I was like, oh God, this is a little bit cringy. Like, drum roll, please. It was like the same as the first two, you know? Yeah. But when I asked her if we could use this line, she was like, yes, but make sure you say that I used this pickup oh on a <laughs> line on a dude and not the other way around. I and love I was that. like, good for you, girlfriend. I think that was the best possible um, thing that we could have been sent. Oh my God, segment, I loved it. Especially I this episode. Loved it. Because why is it always us talking about the funny, cringy shit that the guy said? Yeah, it's so true. I, it's so I, much funnier when girls. I have probably once or twice sent something very, very funny. Like, a little wrong. Maybe not as funny as her. <laughs> no, that was so but funny. Like, <laughs> I hope she got a good response. No, she better have. She deserves it. Yeah, she definitely deserves it. Queen so, shit. So we, we commend you. Months on end of not seeing Mickey was difficult, especially after spending so much time together last spring, spilling tea, sharing stories, and talking about our feelings. So I'm sure you can imagine what it was like when we finally saw each other again. Best moment. Ever. <laughs> we filled each other in on the last eight months of our lives. Eight months. Almost enough time for us to be pregnant. <laughs> God forbid. Thank God but... no one was. Sorry. What I if you come back and I was I like, surprise? <laughs> it was especially fun for me to hear about Mickey living her best life in Tel Aviv. And I knew you'd all want to catch up with her too. While working in Tel Aviv certainly seemed like the adventure of a lifetime. Let's just say it wasn't completely smooth sailing. Yeah. Yeah. As it turns out, and not like a huge surprise here, uh, fuckboys transcend all countries and cultures. They do. Do they ever? Do they ever? Do they ever? So we're back with it. My favorite segment, Hookup Horror Horror Stories. Tel Aviv edition. Let me set the stage for you. An ex, mediocre sex... And one cow polyam host leaving completely perplexed. Okay, so just to get into this, I'll start off with these few adjectives to give you guys a visual. To the, to the people at home who want a visual. Tall, dark, handsome, and tattoos. Okay? Not a bad combo. Not a bad combo. So I was rolling with it. I just like Hinge because it's better than Tinder and Bumble and in this day and age. I mean, we've we've talked about it. That was our first episode away but you know a while back. online like, dating online dating on tinderella. tinderella hello swiped off your feet he picked me up from a club and so this wasn't like a proper date it was more of like a 
we're, we're gonna hook up, but we just need, you know, introduction. Yeah, like, Whatever. like, like we're humans. Chill hangout. Yeah, we, we were adults. Takes me to this bar, and I'm like, wow, this is so niche. This is so cute. I've never been here, even though it's close to my apartment. And we're sitting there, and I'm like getting these looks from this waitress, but I have no anticipation of why. Like, she's pretty. I was like, oh, maybe she thinks I'm pretty. Like, whatever. <laughs> and then me and him are just like hanging out, and we're talking, and he's getting like more close to me, and more close to me, and more touchy, and more comfortable. I like didn't think much of because we were drinking, and and you were together. Yeah, you know? like you were, it was fun. It would be a natural. It was thing. date vibes, but you know sometimes people are like awkward. But I guess he was a bit drunk and I was too, so it was like totally fine, no nerves per se. And then this waitress that I you know had described as she was looking at me, she came up to our table obviously to give us our drinks, and as she before like she walked away her and him were exchanging like a few little words in hebrew to each other and i understood one of them and he called her chaim shali which means like sweetheart it's like an endearing term it's not that big of a deal like something that i guess i'd have to bring up later anyways about like the culture in israel and the language is that like being flirtatious and like being endearing to one another is not like significant even if you're on a date with someone else i mean look if you're yeah, like it's it was it's it's flirty. It's it like, is flirty. It's like a passing comment, kind of. It's like a passing flirty comment, um, but I just didn't like know anything, so I was like, whatever. So did you think? Uh, did you think anything of it? No, at the time? I didn't think anything of it. And then okay. as she walked away, he literally looks at me and he's like, "Can I tell you something?" And I was like, "Sure." He was like, "That's my ex." I was like, "When he when he means that's your ex, like why would he come here?" Why would we come here? Also, why would he tell you? Also, why would he tell me? Like, what what difference did it make to me? He was like, I just want to be honest. And I was like, well, then why did we come here? Like, are you on bad terms with her? Are you on good terms with her? Like, am I like your revenge? This felt like a, a movie scene a little bit. So what did what did you say when he when he was like, actually, that's my like, what did you say? I was like, um, did you know she was working tonight? And he was like, no, I didn't know for sure. But she works here all the time. And I was like, okay, is it? do you come here a lot when she works here ever since you guys broke up? And he was like, I come here sometimes. It's like, it's my favorite place, like whatever. And I was like, okay, like I knew it was a red flag, but whatever, like I didn't want to like get to know you him. You weren't going to leave at that no, point. Uh, and I, no. Based on yes, a red flag. I wasn't going to leave. Whether so, whether your conscience told you to or not, you were in it. You were kind of like. I was in it and I also kind of like. For me, it was like, I don't really want to leave until I feel like I got what I wanted out of this. And like, I did That's not just, totally fair. I just, I did not just leave my friends at the club to come and like be your ex. Hang out like, with some I, I felt ex. like, I felt like, like a, a player in like a chess game. Like I was just being like, like a pawn. Yeah, a pawn. Anyways, <laughs> so we leave the bar eventually, weird ex, whatever. I waved bye to her because I felt really awkward. So yeah, that's what I did. Oh my and God, then, I can just imagine. Yeah, imagine me doing that. Yeah, super fun. I left the bar with this red flag of a mess guy. And this I, walking red flag. Yeah, walking red flag. Well, I'm walking next to him. And we go home. We go to his home, his apartment. Walk up flight, five flights of stairs. Super fun. Um, And we go into his apartment. And we're just, like, relaxing. And, like, he, like... I don't know. It was it was good. It was good at first. I was like, okay, getting good vibes. I was like, wow, I guess the bar thing was just like a wackadoo like scenario for him. Like hopefully he doesn't play this this game with other girls because he came off as so smooth right when we entered like his zone, like his space, his apartment. So like walk me through like the lead up. Okay, so we go into his room. His room is very cool. And we just start hooking up. So it was like a quick like no, no, we were talking a bit before, and, like, okay. he, I don't smoke cigarettes, but everyone in Israel does. We, like, went outside, and he smoked, and we just, like, relaxed for a bit. And then 
We go into his room. Eventually, stuff starts to happen. One thing leads to another. Bada bing, bada boom. We hook up. We hook up. We do the taboo. We do the scandalous. We do the taboo. We do the nasty. Okay, guys? We do. I admit it. I did it with the red flag. And la 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 i'm just sitting there post um, la 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 <laughs> post hookup anyways so afterwards i'm just sitting on the bed i'm like put put on a t-shirt i'm looking at my phone and all of a sudden i look up and he's playing the piano for me in his bedroom there was a piano that i did not see and he somehow snuck away when i was just sitting on my phone and starts to full like play this Dude, dude sorry, I'll just play the so sound. Weird. I have the sound on my phone. Give me a second. So, yeah, that is what happened, Sam. The red flag is a musical genius. <laughs> that's not even like, a, like him playing the piano. Like, I, that's no, not I'm even kidding. a red flag. That's just like no, the weirdest fucking thing I've ever heard. It was like very weird. At that point, I was the a bit The pull-out pianist. <laughs> Shut the fuck <laughs> Yeah, he was the pull-out pianist. The pull-out pianist. For sure. And... So yeah, pull out pianist. <laughs> That's just what <laughs> happened, and then I literally left. And as I was leaving, I like expected him to like walk me home, obviously, because one, we lived on the same road. Two, like it's four a.m. It was four a.m. It was four a.m. And he didn't walk you home. He didn't walk me home. Is what I was about. He literally was like, "No." That's absurd. He was like, "Sorry, I have to wake up early." I was like, "What?" He was like, "It's okay. Like, you're safe. Like you're so like." independent like you're so fine i was like wow goodbye i left slammed the door walked down the five flights of stairs five flights five flights okay that's that's the worst part of the story for me and then his apartment door like of the building wouldn't open it literally took me five minutes i'm like okay some like i'm gonna wake people up this is terrible so i had to walk back up the five flights of stairs to communicate to him that I couldn't leave. And not only was he in the shower when I was knocking, so I was like a crazy person, like boom, boom, oh boom, at the door, like, let me in, like, let me leave. Like, I didn't know whether I was in or out or trapped. Like, and then he finally answered and he was like, you just have to push really hard. I went back downstairs, the five flights of stairs, and eventually got out and walked myself home at four in the morning from this red flag, mediocre pull out pianist apartment. <laughs> and I FaceTime my 19-year-old brother, and I end up <laughs> remembering who the pure ones are and that I just missed my family. And I was just walking home being like, having a moment being like, I can't believe I'm just like in this city living alone. And like, I just didn't get walked home by the red flag that I just had sex with. I did have many good experiences for sure. Um, this just definitely was one that was like just over and over something was happening. I feel like I learned that I have to be, this is cheesy and I know this is like a stupid, the story I just told was stupid, but this does have to do with it. Like you literally, you're what you have to listen to your body. If your body is telling you something or if you feel anxious, like you have to go with your gut feeling. So even though this is a very small and drunk and stupid story, like this was definitely a micro I guess if you want to call it a micro example of like me having a moment where I could have chose to like go with my gut, but ignoring my gut in fear of disappointing a man, which is super weird. But um, definitely think that after that, like I didn't have a bad experience. That was my like last bad experience. Like I didn't really have like a bad experience after that. So definitely a memorable one. Let's give it up for the pullout pianist. Yes. Sam, I really do feel like I was collecting little sexcapades as my time went on in Israel. I mean, 
I experienced so many different types of people and intimate relationships and other types of relationships and settings. My friends at work were so much different to my other friends throughout Tel Aviv, and the coolest part is that everyone is literally from everywhere. From South Africa, Canada, London, Europe, and literally everywhere else from around the world. It felt like a melting pot on steroids, which was super refreshing after being in slow for the last three years, which as we know, is not the most spicy place to be. Definitely not the most diverse. Yeah, and it's just not a place that cultivates the most diverse population, unfortunately. So I had a, a great dose of that in Israel, which I was very, very grateful for. And I'm sure that came with, like, not just new people, but new perspectives. And 100%. new experiences that you brought back to your life in slow now. Exactly, exactly. Really, really refreshing overall is, like, the best word I could give to describe that. And with all these new friendships came cultural differences, like lingo and slang. I felt like I really adopted bits and pieces of different slang as my time went on. But one of my most favorite pieces of lingo that could describe the story I took earlier is Al-Sim. It means fuckboy in Hebrew, essentially. I love that. I love it too. See, fuckboy fuck boy transcends culture. Transcend. It's universal. And you know what? I actually learned about that word when I was 14. When I lived in Mexico City on an exchange program with Israelis and it was my first time like living abroad with Israelis they all said to me Mickey you had the first thing you have to know is Al-Sim and to avoid the Al's it's spelled like in English we would I guess we would say like A-R-S-I-M like like arse like ass yeah. but yeah that was my favorite thing I picked up on very handy that. while navigating the city um so I myself I have never been out of the country so all of my international slang is coming from Love Island. Oh, my God. Both UK and Australia. Classic. I got, like, embarrassingly obsessed with Love Island last month. Like, I, I couldn't put it down. Like, over the past month, I've noticed, and it's just such a subconscious thing, but when I'm mad, I'm like, oh, I'm fuming. Like, I just, oh my like, God. it's so funny. So and, like, I'm not, I'm not saying it in an ironic way either. And... The last episode, I i mean, the last season I was watching was with Maura Higgins. My favorite Islander I of all time. No Maura way Higgins. you just brought up Maura. Yes. And she is a, like, you know, like, hothead, loud, funny Irish girl who loves talking about sex. So, naturally, I relate to her of as course, also of a course. funny, loud Irish girl <laughs> who loves talking about sex. And she would always be like, oh, fanny flutters, fanny flutters. And I was like, what is that? Fanny flutters? It just basically means like you're horny. Like vagina butterflies. Like vagina butterflies, essentially. And I guess for men, they'd be panty butterflies. Panty butters. No, I think it's just for women. Like, it's just a woman thing. Men don't get this one. So this is what got me thinking about this segment and being like, what other slang is different around the world? So we asked some of you to send us some slang you've heard or use or you know someone that uses. Um, and we got some some great responses. Also, we wish they were from other places, but they just happen to also be from the UK and Australia. But let's just dive into it. The first one that Sam and I, you know, it, it is a crowd favorite for ours. It may be for you, too. Someone sent this in representing Australia. Nor! Cleo Nor! Cleo Nor! The, the condensation! Condens- oh, they're gonna know I'm a mermaid. <laughs> also, the person that submitted this, they submitted this and they said, Nor! And they spelled it like N A U R R R R R. And in parentheses, they said, No, in Australian. <laughs> no, in Australian. I love that. I nor. love that. 
All right. Um, some of the other ones we got, we got a strong, consistent um, liking of the word banter. Yeah. Bant, a little quick bant. I, I have banter. to admit, banter is one of the hinge prompts in my profile. And then we got one that said they love the word wanker. I mean, come on. That's like a good, like, some people deserve to be called a wanker sometimes. Yeah. And then the the other one we wanted to give a little shout out to is someone submitted the word minging. Minging. Yeah, so I actually didn't know what this meant before this comment came in. I had never heard of it. I don't know where. Let's see what our handy dandy friend Urban Dictionary has to say about it. So basically, it means like you smell bad. Minging? Yeah. Like a foul or unpleasant smell. I thought minging meant something else and something sexual. It means like dirty, like disgusting, ugly, like. So do you think that minging means something dirty, like a sexual innuendo? Or does it literally just mean? No, I think it really just means like bad smelling. Well. Well, that concludes our segment of sex slang around the world. Sex slang. My experience with slang and in general in Tel Aviv was one of a kind. There were truly people from all parts of the world, like I mentioned earlier, and I just felt like an individual. I felt free. I could breathe. I Everything I did felt like romanticized, and that was just awesome. Everything felt like a bigger deal. Like going to get coffee my, for myself was a big deal. Going on a walk by myself to work was a big deal. Working was a huge deal. Like work was literally my outlet. I learned so much about being a journalist and also what it's like to be in an international newsroom setting and what comes with that role like and one thing that really came with that role was confidence so it's like this big mix of living alone in a new place even though i'm jewish and in israel still being totally out of my comfort zone and really totally it didn't matter like it didn't matter at all i was in tel aviv it was a huge city it was like i i adjusted I had to adjust and it was really fun. Like it was it wasn't easy. Like you mentioned earlier, this was not the smoothest experience, but I think that's why it was so real and it was so good. Like I just learned that I can handle it out there. Absolutely. I guess it is the summary of that. But yeah, like my sex and dating life there was an experience of its own and I met different people. I experienced different things and I felt like I was in control of my experiences, but I was also letting go. Like the ways that I was letting myself be comfortable with different people during intimacy. Like, I just, independence all around. And you were letting yourself yeah, have like no experience freedom, with people. For real, for real. And it just, it was great. And you learn so much. You really do realize that we have the world at our fingertips. And I'd love to hear about other people who study abroad and their sexual and, you know, dating experiences. And lucky for us, I think we brought someone in today. What's different about this individual is that studying abroad, abroad was actually here in San Luis Obispo. Yeah, which is crazy that we get to have this experience to speak to someone like, it's like flipped. Like, not only does he get to touch on his life back at home, but also here. I mean, two totally polar opposite dating lives, I'm guessing. Hi, Manu. Welcome to Cal Poly Amaris. We're so excited to have you with us today to talk a little bit about the differences in hookup culture between America and Argentina. Um, can you just introduce yourself? Hi, thanks for the invite. Um, I'm Manu from Argentina, Buenos Aires. 
And uh, I came here to the States in 2019. I went uh, to slow to Cuesta for two years and now I'm studying UCSB. Yeah, thank you so much for having me here. So you've experienced two entirely different hookup cultures wow. in yeah. San Luis Obispo and in Argentina. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about that? Well, it's really fun, you know, to get to experience like the best out of like the two worlds, you know, if you count like here in IB yeah. and slow and how, how different it is to Argentina where I'm from, which is like a huge city of like 20 million people. The way you approach hooking up or like interacting with like females and males, you know, like to, to get laid is, is way different. So, but the main uh, difference I see uh, in my case, is just like when you live by yourself, when you go to college, when you're like 18 to 23 years old, you have the freedom to say, okay, yeah, you should come over or like, you don't have to depend on your parents. Yeah. You have any choice you want, but in Argentina, it's different because it's not easy to say, Hey, come over because you have brothers, parents, you know, that are in the same environment as you are. So, there's this thing called motels, like actually in Argentina, called telos, they're hourly rated hotels for you to go and you know, like have sex for a few hours and then clock out and get out. <laughs> so, walk out. Is, walk out. <laughs> is I yeah. have a question about the sex motels. Um, this sounds like a concept that would be catered towards older people if it was in America, but it, in Argentina, is it more catered towards younger people? This is like popular or is it looked at as like bad? Like do they well, not, people not want to go to sex motels? I mean, the people who have more money used to be older people, you know, so adults tend to use more of those spaces even more, but uh, it is even targeted to like young people, young adults, I guess, 20 year olds, 23 year olds, you know, it's because they're not that expensive. You can even go for like an hour if you want. They're like hourly rated, hotels and they have like all the themes to make it like a sex place you have like the red lights you have a jacuzzi you know like i was gonna say is this like located within a red lamp type of district or is it just throughout but no no, no. it's throughout the city it's like you can have like a cafe and a i don't know a bowling alley and you have in the middle (laughs) the killer uh so you get in there and you you don't even see the cashier that's funny so you don't even see the cashiers like it's like shady glass and you guys hey i want a room and you say how many hours of course there's a lot of people who have families and children and they want to go for like a little escape like a few hours and have sex and like but also when you don't have your own place when you're young you definitely take advantage of that yeah so So can you describe what they look like oh (laughs) okay so like the common denominator for those is like glassy like mirrors on the ceiling ah okay oh Imagine you're like having intercourse <laughs> and like a huge bed. We say like, sex on this show, Manu. It's okay. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you can say sex. I, want, I don't want to be rude. No, it's okay. It's not rude. <laughs> well, you're having sex on the king size huge bed, and uh, you have like mirrors on the ceiling so you can see yourself, and you have like these LED lights, and you can like choose to put music on the walls like from the they're like little remote controls on the walls to like control music and stuff it's like it's made for sex you know it's like a room that asks for sex i think if you're over 22 23 i'm 22 years old but like you definitely have gone at least once to one of those places makes sense though based off what you just described to us i mean we only like know what we know based on our environment. And if that's what you guys know, then I don't think that'd be a bad thing. No. It's just a different different than here. But yeah, what yeah. do you think like coming to slow from that type of sex culture, like what was the biggest thing 
yeah, in Slow or in, here in, in like in Santa Barbara in IB, Isla Vista. It's more forward, like, okay, let's go meet at a party and then go far. So, yeah. <laughs> and also because you have the option to do that really easily, you know, because it's like college town. Slow is a college town, IB is a college town. So it's like, you have the freedom to say, okay, I want you, let's go here, end of the story. I think in Argentina, it's more like, okay, getting to know more, to each other a little more, and then go and have sex. It's funny that you describe like sex life in Argentina like that, because I mentioned to you earlier before we started the interview that I went to Tel Aviv for the last yeah like seven months or so, six months or so. And th that was the exact same way it was in Tel Aviv. Like there's obviously the option if you go out with the mindset, you just want to get laid. Like like you said, you, you can get laid, but it's more like a buildup. There's like a date involved. There's some sort of communication, even if it's for purely sex, they yeah, still yeah. add like some human aspects to it. And I remember asking a guy that I um, had dated in Israel, like why, if he just wants to get laid, would he like go and have a few dates with a girl before? And he said, because we're human. He said, I still want to talk yeah, to the person I'm having sex with. And I was like, wow, what a concept. Like, yeah, that's so, it, that's so right? different because like here, I feel like a date means something. Maybe like the American specifically i guess we're talking about isla vista and slow college cultures have really like groomed us to think that dates talking anything except for sex means something meaningful and i know all college students like there's a conversation of commitment issues and stuff and so i feel like they just correlate each other and everyone's scared to get to know someone because they think it means something to do with commitment like what yeah, do you think about that there's a lot of social pressure maybe you know involved if you go on a date with someone it means like you're spending a lot of yourself and involving yourself into that action, meaning like you're already predetermined to like, okay, I want to date you or be my girlfriend or whatever. When in, in reality, it's just like in, from, in Argentina, it's just a previous step of like, okay, if you want to have sex or you want to like get to know someone who yeah. you are, you just like go on a date. What other like big differences did you notice when you first came to Slow that you were like, this is really different from where I'm from? Okay, I tend to notice in Argentina, for example, it's been more common than girls ask guys out in the last 10 years. You know, it's like been more common. <laughs> but uh, I think that in slow, it's like, it's rare to see someone, a girl inviting a guy out still, you know, which it shouldn't be in my opinion. But like, I feel like there's this like machism or like sexism thing that is pre preventing a lot of things developing. For example, you know, a girl asking a guy out. So have you noticed any significant differences in like the attitudes of Argentinian and American people? Uh, Americans are their own like main character every time, all the time. So it's like, they do think they are like, okay, this is my story. You know, like, I don't give, like, I don't give you talk about anything else. You know, like, this is how I'm going to like behave. Or like when they go to parties and do stupid stuff, you know, they, they drink like they were in a American Pie movie. I don't know. It's like <laughs> that's so funny because I, I feel like that's really accurate. Like I definitely think I'm the main character yeah. in my life. In Argentina, you gotta be focused on surviving, you know, and maybe you don't have much much time to be your own character. So you gotta play collectively and help each other in some kind of sense because you don't have the option. Thanks, Manu, for coming on the podcast today. Yeah, You've given us so much. many interesting things to talk about that yeah. I'm sure our fans will be really appreciative of. I've, I've really loved, we both have, just interviewing you and hearing your perspective. It's so awesome to hear about 
other things that we're not exposed mm-hmm. to. And I encourage everyone listening to try and aim to learn about new things and hopefully travel in our futures because clearly yeah. we have a lot to learn. Let's your experience South American sex culture. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Let's all go to the motels, guys. <laughs> We've had a lot of fun with y'all talking about love, lust, and life in different cultures. But no matter where you are right now or where you're going next, we always like to remind you that what matters the most is your well-being. Adjusting to different places and different people can be beyond intimidating. I know it was for me, for sure. Yeah. Something I think about a lot is wherever I am in life, there's always gonna be one person that like will always be with me and that's yourself. Mm-hmm. Like no matter what, like you're always gonna have to live with yourself and why not like that version of yourself? I completely agree. So whether you're going to a new place to teach you how to be alone or if it teaches you how to navigate new bonds and experiences, whatever it's teaching you, You're always learning and growing within yourself. Totally, Sam. I know just diving into mental health and self-love a bit here. When I was in Tel Aviv, like there's so much going around you constantly that it's very, very easy in a city to lose yourself within intimacy, with sex, with work, with friendships, anything. It's very easy to get caught up in like the haze of living in a very fast-paced environment. I think one thing that really helped me kind of stay focused on myself during my time there and my goals was reminding myself that just because I'm new to Tel Aviv and everyone that I'm friends with is not, it doesn't mean that I can't still romanticize my life there. Yeah, absolutely. Like I didn't want to feel like embarrassed for being cheesy or like just you know I mean I don't think I acted like a tourist at all but you know what I mean like everyone was already adjusted that I was friends with and for me it was like you know what no actually going to the coffee shop by myself does feel like a big deal going on a walk home from work by myself does feel like a big deal all of these little things that I was doing were so romanticized and they all felt like really big deals to me and sometimes I felt silly for that but I would like to say to all of you and remind myself again that it wasn't. And like you said, say I'm like, at the end of the day, I only have myself. So it really only matters on what I was focused on. I think another huge thing that helped me with my mental health while I was abroad was saying yes to more things, like, which would be funny because you maybe sometimes would think the opposite, that stepping out of your comfort zone in in a foreign place could, you know, maybe worsen the anxiety you already feel but for me like saying yes to things whether that be plans or work assignments or anything just kind of made me feel like more comfortable because I was trying new things all the time immersing myself in new experiences um, and letting myself enjoy like letting myself indulge kind of going off of letting myself indulge um, bringing it back to why we're all here sex and dating I think that I noticed like not a pattern with my sex and dating life in Tel Aviv but I definitely for a while was just hooking up with people and not really like even expecting a nice date for myself, which I mean, in America, just kind of like what Manu talked about earlier, dates are a big deal. You know what I mean? In Israel, Argentina, European countries, like other uh, many other places, going on a date is just human. It's just communicating. If you're going to have sex with someone, why not talk to them before? So I think for me, it was that layer. And then also just kind of like not getting good treatment from a guy in a while like was a combination that led me to thinking that like going on a date wouldn't be something I should do for myself and then later in my time in Israel I met someone and they were pretty incredible off the bat um and I let myself go on that date 
And I ended up finding something so incredible with another person that I really did not expect to encounter. I never thought that I would date someone, let alone open up to someone in a long time, especially during like a six month thing in Israel. But I was lucky enough to like find within myself um, the ability to indulge in like nice treatment and let myself have an amazing, amazing experience with a guy that didn't make me feel like I hate all men. And that gave me like a little bit of hope that like, I get to be with like someone like him one day or someone like him gets to be with me, I'll say rather. I was actually talking to someone recently and they said to me, I think that you would be more comfortable with someone that treats you badly because that's what you've always been with. Mm -hmm. And so like this whole theme of like uncomfortableness Mm -hmm. that we've been talking about, discomfort is not a bad thing. I totally, totally agree. You don't understand, Sam, what you just said. Like, I told all my friends and family on FaceTime. I told you on FaceTime before coming back. Like, I'm nervous to be in an environment when I get back to America where people are not comfortable with being a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. That's a huge thing in mental health. It's a huge thing in relationships. It's a huge thing in being able to travel slash live on your own. Especially when you've been treated in a certain way or grown up in a certain way and you have these preconceived notions Mm -hmm. about how you should be treated that when someone treats you really kindly and like with just love and care that it's gonna feel a little uncomfortable in the beginning although there was that horror story earlier and probably a few other like funny moments that i would have been happy to not have experienced in israel most of my hookups are pretty like you know within the realm of what I'm comfortable with but it's just so funny that the date like the nice thing kind of like what you said was just something that I yeah totally like I was way more nervous way more scared post good date than I was after post bad hookup and I literally was with him for the whole time until I left he dropped me at the airport I hope everyone listening gets to experience a little part of that. Well, we're going to wrap up mental health and self-love, and I hope we left you with a couple of things here. You don't grow when you're comfortable, and it is okay to indulge. It is okay to let yourself have the things that you enjoy, the things that make you feel good about yourself. That is what we want for all of you. So I hope after this episode, you all go do something that makes you happy. You deserve it, queens and kings. You deserve it. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Cal Polyamorous today. We hope you had as much fun as we did. If you want to hear more about sex, hookup culture, or relationships, be sure to turn on post notifications on Instagram to stay up to date on when our next episode drops. Keep updated through our Instagram at CalPolyamorous and check out our episodes on all major streaming platforms or on KCPR.org. Send in comments, questions, and all your sexy inquiries to our DMs, and we will make sure that you're heard. And again, we hope this podcast serves as the voice for those who don't feel like they have one. The stuff we talk about is important, and so are our listeners. So if you have a story to share, we hope you'll share it with us. We can't wait to let you in on more of our girl talk next time. So with that, I'm Mickey. And I'm Sam. Stay Stay sexy, sexy, my friends. friends. You're listening to Cal Poly Animals.